Welcome to Behind the Headlines. On today's episode, Lisa McGraw of the Michigan Press Association because it's Sunshine Week. So we're talking about John's favorite topic, government transparency. As I said, excited to jump into the conversation. Our guest today, Lisa McGraw of the Michigan Press Association and my co-host, as always, the most sunshiny human I know, the one, the only, John Heiner. Good morning, Eric, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's great to be back for another episode of Behind the Headlines. And this is our annual weather report. It's a few days after we turned our clocks forward, but it's not the kind of sunshine that, uh, the extra sunshine that we're looking for, for the sake of this conversation. No, it's a, it's kind of a journalistic holiday here in Michigan. It's Sunshine Week. And it's Sunshine Week is about all things about government transparency, uh, open meetings, open documents, giving access to the public and the media to the affairs of, of government and government officials. And it's a never ending uphill climb, um, but I'm glad that we're still here in the fight. And the person the, who officially is kind of the grand marshal of the Sunshine Week Parade is Lisa McGraw. She's the public affairs manager for the Michigan Press Association. And she's our guest this morning. Welcome Lisa to Behind the Headlines. Thanks, John, thanks. And it's a I'm sad to say it's a little rainy on our parade these days. But. <laughs> and that is why you're here, right? Yes. It's the never-ending fight. What would we do if they, if everybody just complied and we didn't have anything to, we wouldn't even, we, we'd miss our, you know, we'd miss our, our, our celebration every, every year. Well, we could still celebrate it. We could just celebrate it instead of fighting for it all the time. Well, before we go into the topic for today, and this will end up sort of being related. I always I get off on tangents, but w- the last time that I think we were all supposed to get together in person was an MPA convention in Dearborn. And the date was something like, I don't know, March 15th of 2020, wasn't March it? March 11th. March 11th. That was it. The day after the state of emergency was declared. Right, for COVID. And yes. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, I'm glad that we're still here, Lisa, and, and you know, the, the newspapers are here and newspaper companies and we're still in the fight. But, man, what a couple of years it's been. And, uh, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about what's happened in those two years for newspapers? And, and, and uh, you know, we're doing this fight like the, what we always do for transparency and openness in government. But we've been doing it remotely. Has that has that changed the dynamic at all? It has a little bit uh, or a lot. In some cases in the beginning, it changed a lot because as you know, um, all the meetings, all the local government meetings, all the state commission meetings, everything had to go online real quick. And at that point, the governor was issuing executive orders and for FOIA requests being filled because offices were closed and open meetings requirements. And everybody was kind of scrambling all the time trying to keep up with, you know, what the next EO was going to be and how we were going to adjust to that. And, you know, in a, in a way, I would say it helped with meetings to some extent because they're, they were really accessible. Um, I worked with a task force appointed by uh, Supreme Court Chief Judge Bridget Mary Mack, and um, she she wanted us to look at Zoom meetings for courts. And we thought that was a great idea. And we had participated with, you know, some attorneys and 
district attorneys and judges from around the state and talked about the good parts of it and the bad parts of it. But overall, the accessibility, if they do it right, is quite remarkable. Well, that's a big if. That's and, key, right? <laughs> I mean, we having been a reporter for decades, you could go in person and they can and they can go violate the law. They can everybody can leave the meeting and they can reconvene or they can go in a closed meeting and, and do what they want. So they would never. <laughs> they would never. But yeah, it's I think we could probably do a whole separate podcast on um what has changed in the effects of uh, the COVID era. Uh the Zoom meetings for public bodies uh have some you know, have devolved, uh, you know, uh, people um, pranking them or jumping on um, to disrupt the meetings and all the stuff that's happened. Um, and, and the thing about it, it was no precedent for any living person, really. We hadn't had a pandemic and we had never had a pandemic in the Internet age. So now this we're learning as we go. We've all adjusted a little bit. I think All of that. Yeah. Since I'm looking at you at Zoom and I still haven't had been able to have that drink with you that we were going to have two years ago. Right. Exactly. It, we it, did yesterday. Very. We had an exciting moment yesterday. Um, the attorney general, as you know, does prior to COVID would go around in the state to different places and work with our members to do open government sessions. And we had one of those scheduled for March of 2020 also down here in Macomb County and it had to be canceled. And she actually came in person and did an AG seminar for FOIA in Oma and Macomb County yesterday. And that's fantastic. Quite exciting. I saw people I have not seen in person for two years, including our attorney, Robin Luce Herman. I have, we see each other like this all the time, but right. So it was really, it was a great opportunity to get the word out and kick off Sunshine Week. And it was nice to be able to do it in person this year. That's fantastic. I'm seeing some glimmers. We are um, targeting for returns to office um, in a few weeks, early April. Um, we've got yeah. some some training sessions planned and plan to see people. I'm, if they can hear this, listen, let's yeah. be knocking on wood. Um, you know, hoping that the next variant's not coming down the pike, but uh, we're starting to see we're starting to see some things come back to quote unquote normal, and that that's a good thing. Now, why don't we just take a step back for the sake of our listeners okay. and you talk a little bit about what MPA tries to accomplish each year with uh, with Sunshine Week, and and how it can it's not just media; it can be you know for private citizens as well. Right. And that is a big part of Sunshine Week because um, our members, for the most part, know about FOIA, know about open meetings, know about how important transparency is to just the everyday workings of democracy. But we want citizens, too, to realize that they have access to the information that, you know, how their local governments, how their state governments, how the federal government is spending their tax dollars. And and that's kind of part of the bottom line. You know, you pay all this money every year for all these services, and it's your right to know what those people you've entrusted with that money are doing with it. Right. You know, there's a whole bunch of, I live in a condo association, and there's a whole bunch of rules. Everybody who lives in a, you know, condo association. All H- politics are local. Yeah, it's HOA. You got a homeowner association, and you have a covenant, and you've got all these rules. and do I like all the rules? No. 
Am I required to follow the rules? Yes. Like I can't leave my Christmas lights up and you got your trash bins have to be in by Friday afternoon. Here's the thing, you know, government, it might be annoying to local governments um, or state governments that pesky citizens or reporters are asking for things that the law says are public documents or demanding transparency or open meetings that the law requires. But those are the rules and they're there for a reason. They were put in place in order to, you know, A, spread the sunshine, which the uh, Michigan Press Association, I like the little slogan on Sunshine Week, which is sunshine is the best disinfectant, keeps everybody honest. And um, also, to your point, allows you to see how the government that you're paying for is functioning so you can be a, an active and informed participant in that government. So, you know, I've been in the business for years, and I one thing that really hasn't changed is the sense from uh, public officials, some public officials, that it's a, it's a pain in the butt and it's an annoyance and it's too much work. It's too much work. Um, and why are you asking? And I have to stop at this point because I've I've written a couple columns about transparency in the past, I don't know, maybe six months. And I got a letter from a public official from a really nice community uh, in, in Michigan who said, hey, you know, you're painting with a broad brush. There's a lot of uh, dedicated public servants who follow the law to the letter. And, you know, you're making us all look bad. And I, I apologize if that's the case, because really it's the exceptions who, who make everybody look bad. Um, but the point is, if you're living in the town where you have, it's the exception, government's not working for you. Right. And, and you're right. There are, or the person who corresponded with you is right. There are a lot of great examples of good, good public servants who are doing good work and being transparent. But like you said, I've heard more than once in a, in a committee meeting in the House or the Senate that this is a burden. And every time I hear that, it just gets my hackles up because it's an essential service. It's like fire trucks and it's not as, you know, exciting and sexy as all that public safety stuff or even roads. But it's essential that the people in the state know what's going on and are aware of what their government is doing. Because what was it, Damon Judge Keith that said, democracy just dies behind closed doors mm -hmm. and if and we've seen sadly and recently what happens when a government doesn't allow their citizens to have access to really what's going on and we see it in russia right now i was gonna say i mean if someone in moscow wants to go foia a document from putin good luck i mean <laughs> you're probably gonna end up in siberia i saw something about a reporter that protested on air the other day and has since disappeared disappeared huh <laughs> disappeared. Went on vacation yeah anyways yeah. um so what is i'm gonna make put on your your weatherman hat you can be our mark tori grossa for the moment okay. what is the weather reports the state of sunshine in michigan right now and what is the uh, michigan press association on what's on your legislative agenda or your policy agenda. But first, what would you say right now is the, the weather report for progress and where we stand? Well, I'm going to go with partly cloudy in an optimistic way. Um, as you know, Michigan typically rates pretty low on the openness scale. I think and the last time I saw it was 49th out of 50 
51, 50 states in D.C. I think we were 49th in transparency. We're pretty bad. A lot of that has to do with campaign finance stuff when they do some of that. And that's bad. But on the FOIA front, um, as you know, we've been trying for, I believe, five legislative sessions, which is 10 years, to get our governor and our legislature subject to FOIA because we are one of two states in the country where that is not the case. Excuse me, that's an outrage. I you can continue. Yes. And we have some strong, strong supporters on that issue. The House has voted, I think, every session and pushed all these bills over to the Senate. And these bills continue to kind of sit in the Senate. Ed McBroom and Jeremy Moss, who are Sunshine Award winners this year, um, along with Senator Vanderwalfer, being supportive of openness, um, have pushed. They've gotten them out of committee. They're sitting on the Senate floor. They've been sitting on the Senate floor since Sunshine Week last year. So we're closer than we ever have been to getting this done, but it's still sitting. And I hope that eventually we can get that going. Um, some of the other things that we've worked on, we've talked to Representative Steve Johnson from Wayland about overhauling FOIA as a whole. He has heard and seen a lot of the problems and he's willing to work with us. Um, we've talked about getting an open government commission, which is something that was introduced many years ago by Representative Tom McMillan and then never came up again. Um, and that would be an appellate body rather than having to go to court because going to court is so costly and time consuming and, um, and it would be a, a better route to get people the opportunity to say, hey, I asked for this. I'm not getting it. I want to know why and have a body that sits down once a month and goes over those with people and makes decisions. Um, sort of like arbitration. Yes. Or One of the... Exactly. It would be much, it'd be much more efficient and much less costly. Um, so it's like having a referee making a call rather than going to court. Exactly. Um, and paying lawyers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, another interesting one that's come up over the last couple of years that we've kind of been working on and we've talked to Rep Johnson about. And, um, we feel like one of the problems in the current law is that it says must respond by, which you and I would think means give us what we're asking for by five days, 15 days, whatever. Um, we think it needs to be changed to produce hmm. because there seems to be a misinterpretation of what that means. So we want to be a little more specific. We want the documents, not just a note saying, yeah, we'll get it to you. Um, the latter is is how it operates now. In, in most cases, for us, we just build in the the, the first delay <laughs> into our thinking of when we'll we'll get something. Well, and I think that's the default response. And it, you know, it's yeah, we're going to need that ten extra day or the five extra days, right? The extension just automatically, you know. And we did do some reforms in 2015, and some of them have worked out okay, but. We feel like there's some fine tuning that needs to be done for the delays to prevent them and for the costs, which as I'm sure you know, can just get outrageous sometimes when you're trying to get a hold of things. And 
you know, I, I don't know if it was you guys. I think it was, I think it was one of your papers. I um, was asked to run. I, I was in Lansing and someone asked me if I'd run over to the state police office and pick up a, a request and get it to someone. I don't know how this came about, but I went and whoever it was that had me do it told me I could look at it and I pulled it out and it was like, they must've used a 12 pack of Sharpies on that. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, like, and black, 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 the black, 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 black. And I'm just like, and they paid like four or $500 for it. it yeah. Was, I think we ended up uh, using that document as a, a piece of art to illustrate, um, you know, just practically illustrate what it looks like sometimes when all this information is also redacted. Um, yeah. And that that's the other thing that the charging for redactions, they immediately go to an attorney to do that for them. Who becomes the lowest priced person to do the job. Right. Which is one of the higher paid people in the office. Right. right. And, and we all know that a lot of this stuff is thrown into an Excel spreadsheet. And all you have to do is like, go delete all the social security number column. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and they make it a lot harder than it needs to be sometimes, I think. So. Well, and that's because they really don't want to comply. Um, you know, it's interesting is sometimes when government officials have a point of view or they're trying to get their story out, they we can get documents lickety split if it oh. support if it supports something that they that you know they want um, politicized or they want publicized. We'll get documents like right away without asking. Sometimes they just arrive. <laughs> right. But it's when the when journalists or citizens are asking and uh, they don't feel like they're comfortable with their answers at that point, it gets really difficult. And to your point, and I have a number, don't get me going because I have a list of like 10 th- improvements that I would make, but I'll uh, send that, it. <laughs> I have, I've written about it in the past. I, I've got a whole, I've got a whole screed uh, things that, you know, my, my, the one that I wanted the most is, you know, I compare it to must issue for gun permits. And I had a column like 15 years ago where I said, it's easier to get a gun and to get information in Michigan from public, <laughs> from public bodies, because, you know, it's amazing. You need, you must issue a gun permit to somebody who's not in prison basically, but you try to get a public document of sometimes it's even meeting minutes, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but, um, you, and you got to fight in court to get them. And so I think there should be a list of common documents like meeting minutes, um, salaries, agendas for me, agendas, all that, that you don't even have to basically ask. They should all be online within a certain period. They should be free. They should be easily accessible. And there should be a list of documents that a citizen can walk in. It's like on a laminated card. Here's five things you can ask for that they must produce, you know, within 24 hours. Yeah. And, And, but the way it is now, and you touched on this is the onus is on the citizen or the, the asker to go to court sometimes to get what's clearly defined in the law as an open document. And that's crazy, right? Right. And so if you have to go to court to get something that the law says they have to give you, and then you incur the legal fees. Now, I guess down the road, you mean you could win and hopefully they pay your legal fees, but that's such a barrier, especially to private citizens who, who want information. 
Oh, and more and more, you know, I was just talking to someone about this not too long ago. It seems like more and more we have to go to court as opposed to getting it done legislatively, which would be a lot easier, right? We have right. going all the way to the Supreme Court to explain to the redistricting commission that they shouldn't be shutting their doors for meetings. And right. A very legitimate, well, you know, attorney client privilege stuff to talk about. You were, you were sending out some communications on that. Where if you can read English and you have more than like a third grade education, the law is explicit. Right. And they, they just didn't follow the law. Yet, instead of like a FOIA cop showing up and saying, open the doors, you got to go to court. Right. It's 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 is complete jabberwocky sometimes in Michigan. A lot. And a lot of the stuff that we have gained over the last several years has been through court, not just let's look at the law. And you're right. It shouldn't even be sometimes redoing the law. It should be, let's look at the law and let's follow the law. <laughs> what it says. Right. Well, that's, but apparently that's. Well, so I'm, I'm going hundred on the freeway and the cop pulls me over. I'm saying, I tell you what, uh, I need a 10 day extension, go to court to see if, you know, you take your evidence to court and try to win and give me a ticket. And I'm going to be on my way now. This is like, no, you're not following the law, right? Right. So I, I think the average citizen, and this might interest you, um, what, what we're doing next, the average citizen, I think, kind of shrugs because I've written about this almost every year at Sunshine Week. I once wrote, you have an annual, you asking somebody to write a column for Sunshine Week. I've done that. I've bagged, cajoled, mm -hmm. pleaded. The average citizen just shrugs until it's them. <laughs> I was going to say, until it's, your kid's school bus that got in an accident because someone didn't check the brakes. Well, and you want the police and report. You want the you safety can't reports. It. And you yeah. Can't get it. Or, exactly. or you see them breaking ground on something over by your house and you're like, what is that? You know, is it a, is it a halfway house? Is it going to be a, a toxic dump? I mean, what is it? And, and you go to, to try to get the land documents and, and they won't give them to you. Right. Um, that that's when it the rubber meets the road um for for private citizens it just doesn't happen enough and the thing is newspapers i know i try to get all noble about this stuff but we are the private citizen who's there at the meeting on behalf of the, everybody who's not there we're the ones who are there fighting to for openness for everyone in the community or the state and so i think sometimes people you know we know the, the media's reputation spent a rough few years but but, <laughs> but we're in there, we're basically in there because ultimately our readers are the citizens and we're in there for them. Uh, well, so one thing uh, that we're doing that I'll write about in my column this week is I'd say about a month or so ago, we had a, a column about openness and transparency and some other fights in, around the state. But I asked readers to share examples of in their lives where they've run into this like actively, like something that they've tried to get that they couldn't get, um, that they're, they're getting stonewalled on. And I got dozens of responses from all over the state. I was really encouraged by it, including, you know, four, five, six that are pretty solid, worth looking into. And we're going to do that. MLive's reporters around the state. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to name what those, what those cases are, those, those stories. And to name names. We're going to name names, communities. It's it's four or five communities around the state, and you all know the names, but you're going to have to read my column, um, where we actively, our reporters are picking up the up, up the fight that these private citizens have been stonewalled. I am looking forward to seeing those. 
you know, and you know what? A couple of them are, you know, kind of hot stories. A couple of them are seem really mundane, right? But like, important still. Right. But it wouldn't when it's the stuff we were talking about, which is the law explicitly says you minutes should be available and this person cannot get minutes. So this might hopefully be an easy one, but you know, maybe there's going to be, we have to go to court or something, but we're going right. to publicize these and you know what disinfectant we're going to use. We're going to shine the light. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you know that it, it's a good for, from my perspective. And you've heard me say this before. If you have those people, and we have issues coming up in Lansing, have those people come to Lansing and talk to their legislators too, or just call their legislator and talk to their legislator and say, hey, I want more access to information in my community. I wanna know what my state is doing. I think um, as we wrap up, I just, the whole COVID thing back, we'll go back to where we started kind of, um, really shined a light on where the darkness is on a lot of things around at the more the state level, mm-hmm. trying to get access to something as simple as death records at one point. You know, people last year at this time, some of our members wanted to do memorial pages for the people in their community that they had lost mm-hmm. and they couldn't get access to the records. Wow you know, and various other things that were happening throughout COVID that, you know, just basic data. Where are you getting your data from to make the decisions you're making? Why why would you not share that with everyone who's sitting home wondering what's going on all the time? Right. You know, so it, it people, they're I'm trying to think, there's a really good quote and I can't remember it. It's from West Wing. I'm a little bit of a thing. <laughs> And it, it's a part of a conversation. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, just a little. I wasn't a huge fan. There, there. It's a conversation about telling people in the public that there might be a mad cow scare. Mm-hmm. And it's TV and it's drama and we get that. But, but the point that the press secretary made was, which I'm sure most press secretaries wouldn't make, is, you know, people aren't as delicate as we think they are and they do better when they're well-informed look at the people back to ukraine right now look at how well they're performing if you will right Mm -hmm. they're they're strong citizens they're fighting for their country and their leadership is telling them what's going on every day yeah and that's not happening in russia they're actually blacking out the internet in russia so uh, it's unfortunate what a scary scary example of how very bad it could be right have right now right well i like to end on a citizen note um, because it is that's what's for really that's what sunshine week is all about we're the tool of the media have been called tools but um (laughs) newspapers are you know a means we're we're we work for our readers we work for the public and citizens you're watching what are a few things that you mentioned, um, you know, contacting legislators, which I think is might be a little bit of a lost art, but what are things citizens can do to either educate themselves or take a more active role and help uh, achieve the ends that Sunshine Week is all about? Well, not to put too fine a point on it, but read your newspaper um, and, you know, go to a meeting once in a while. It's not thrilling, but 
if you show up at your county commission meetings, your city council meetings, your village, township, whatever meetings, then they know you're watching. Right. Now ask for the information about what's going on. You know, ask why the taxes are going up here or the water rates going up there. Or like you said, why is there a big hole in the ground two blocks down from me right now? Right. What's going to happen there? Why is there a big hill of garbage forming a mile away from my house? Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's just that everyday stuff, John, that affects your life that you don't even think about as you just go about your world. But, you know, roads, schools, public safety, all those things are things you have access to information about. Well, democracy is a participatory sport. And if we sit yeah. back and do nothing, um, A, even well-intentioned government officials might think we don't care enough uh, to be involved. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we had a great package of stories a few weeks ago on the kind of the death of bipartisanship and the, the threat to democracy that that poses. And I think it was Alyssa Slotkin said something like, really, when it comes down to it, get out and get involved. I mean, volunteer or get in your community or go to meetings, all the same thing. Work on a campaign. Know your government officials. Just right. that. There's a start. Yeah. Know who they are. It's, you know, a lot of people couldn't tell you who their mayor is. Right. And smaller, well, in medium, we'll say medium size. Small towns probably do. Big cities probably right. do. Medium sized communities yep. probably are. I don't know. You know, you see those horrifying, scary man on the street. Sorry about the talk. Interviews on the street with kids where they ask, you know, do you know who your congressperson is? And they have no clue. No. Be involved. Right. Got it. Show up. (laughs) Well, thank you for showing up today. I know you have a very busy day and you made time for Behind the Headlines. I'm glad to do it. I'm always happy to promote sunshine, both in the sky and in government. So we'll come back next year for another weather report, but I absolutely will. Here's to openness in government. And thank you, Lisa McGraw, for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. You have a great day. And there they go. Big thanks to Lisa for joining the podcast today and talking about a super important topic in Sunshine Week. As always, if you like what John and I are doing, like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And until next week, he is John Heiner. I am Eric Hulkerin. And this, well, you know, it's behind the headlines.